Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hi, guys. Special episode here. It is our year anniversary. Yay! It's our DBP anniversary. We need balloons and confetti and yeah. fireworks. To the date, actually. Legit. To the Legit. date. Legit. So we are really, really excited because, I mean, it's a huge... This is a momentous occasion. It's a momentous occasion. It's a celebration, bitches. Yeah. So today... What are we drinking? We are drinking a favorite of ours. Um, it is a Zinfandel from Sonoma, from the Russian River Valley, um, and it is called Gamba. So we thought that we would bring you one of our favorite wines. We wow. wanted to drink one of our faves um, for our anniversary episode, and also it is a little bit on the pricey side. It's worth it, damn it's it. It's so worth it because we're celebrating, so we're really excited. This is kind of um, a go-to for me in terms of like a staple good wine. It is pretty small production, and it's really hard to get these days. I, how, did you like, come, how did you come across this one then? These ones, I think I got it from a wine tasting at Ray's Wine. Actually, I got the Petite Syrah. Oh, that's what we had at the tasting. From the tasting. This I did get from there, though, when they had it. I I don't even remember the first time I drank this. It's just been something that I have enjoyed for years. And you introduced me to this. And it's like every time that she finds it, she just stocks up on it. This yeah, is like a go-to. Not easy it's to, not easy to find. It's not it's, easy to find. It's pretty rare. I'd say it's a bo- it's one of those boutique wines. Yep, and um, actually they're sold out on their website. So sorry, guys. But I did see a couple other places online that you might be able to find it. Yeah. So if you can and you're willing to spend the fifty dollars, it's it's well worth it. Well worth it. Okay, okay I'm so gonna you, crack it open. You're you're gonna pop it open. Pop it. <laughs> yes, you're right. It's uh, so it's 2016. It is a whopping. 15.9 ABV. I wonder if that's why it's my favorite. <laughs> Just kidding. Are you, though? I don't know. I wouldn't be. No. <laughs> that, I, this is signature. I think the higher ABV levels is signature of Zinfandel. That is true. That I, is true. Yeah, I think that just to make sure that the rest of the flavor profile of the grapes themselves just kind of has that balance. Like, uh-huh. it ages a little bit longer on the vine. And so that's where you end up getting extra... Wow. That was a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> hey, there's a phone number on this. No, there's not. There is. is there... <laughs> we have good luck with that sometimes. Yes. Awesome. Oh, my God. Um, if you guys are ever wondering what I might be drinking, there's a local restaurant that serves this by the glass, and it's usually something that I really enjoy. Oh, my God. It's so. so it's been pretty. so long since we've had a Zin, Sarah. I know. Oh, it's just... It is oh, really gorgeous. pretty colored. All I'm right, so cheers. excited. Cheers, bitch. Cheers. Cheers to one year. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so good. Peppery deliciousness. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is so good. You can. We're gonna ask each other a few questions about reflecting on the past year. Yes, but that's one what of we're things, gonna talk about. One of the things about this wine. This is definitely a hot wine. I think that you Why don't can, you remind our listeners what hot wine You means? can feel the heat, which is basically, <laughs> you can sense the level of alcohol that is in a wine. So when it's really high, some people call them like bruisers, or it, that's also related to like the fruit flavors, I think too. But this is, when you say this is a hot wine, it means that you think it's a very high ABV. And 
15.9 is it's pretty up there. That's, that's like one of the highest ABVs you're going to get. You might find some that get into the 16 range, like orange Swift wines. But other than that, like once you get to 17%, that's when you start to get to the fortified wine. So it's it's really, this is maxing out right here. <laughs> it is, but it's, it's good. Because usually oh, high alcohol wines are not the best. Well, it's like when you drink like a regular, this is me, with hard alcohol. I cannot tolerate liquor. Not only does it make me have hangovers the next day, but it pains me to drink it because it just is so harsh. This is not. It's very alcoholic. It's hot, but it's still like very enjoyable. It's super smooth. There's a lot of like dark berries, cur- like black currant kind of and a little bit and pepper plum. and plum. Oh, it's like a super ripe black. I'm telling you guys, if you can find a bottle of this, go for it. So today we are going to talk about some of our favorite moments of this past year. (laughs) Our favorite episodes, our favorite wines, um, some tips for you guys just about what we've learned about wine and ourselves in general. Yeah, I'm really excited. Oh man, this is a good choice. What else do you want to talk about this wine? All right, so a few things about Zen. We'll just get there because we talked about the ABV and that it typically has higher ABV. So Zinfandel originated in Croatia. It made its way, I don't even remember how to pronounce that that weird name, but we can listen to, I think you can listen to it in episode two. Yeah, it's um, awesome. <laughs> it made its way into Italy where it's known as Primitivo, mm-hmm. but there's a different clone that's Zinfandel. Yeah. And so they're all, they're all essentially, they're the same grape, just yes. grown in different places. Yeah. That's not to say that there aren't nuances about each of the variety, each of the clones that they're using right. i know sarah you've mentioned clones in a variety of episodes yes. and so there are that's like getting into really nitty-gritty shit that we just that's too in the weeds for us we just like to drink yeah um so the united states is is one of the biggest producers of zen oh yeah it's not very popular in other countries we do it well in california and i think it is kind of a california besides like you said italy and primitivo it is but it's a very different yeah. style. The pe- this peppery nature yeah. is unique, I think, to more of the California. And not to say that other um, wine-growing regions don't grow yeah. it. It's just that California, I think, when you think of a California Zin, like California is, you get your Napa cabs, you get your Chardonnay. But I also think that Zinfandel is one of those grapes that comes to the top of your mind when you think about California wine growing. True, but it's also one of the most underrated because a lot of times, like, people who don't know wine really well, when they hear Zen, they think of, like, the pink. Oh, the white the Zin white crap. Stuff. Yeah, and it's, I'm no, sorry, this is very different. Yeah. That is a whole nother story. We've, we've talked about that before. It is kind of underrated in terms of, I think at least, a grape for all of what California does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think part of that is probably, if you think about really popular wines, especially in the U.S., because I do think that palates are different across the world, but... Mm-hmm. Across the U.S., I think that you find that people don't people don't like polarizing wines for the most part. Yeah, they like something that is easy drinkable that doesn't require a lot of thought, perhaps. <laughs> and this wine has a Zinfandel tends to have a big kick, like a big peppery, spicy kick. Yeah, and I think that that can be over a lot for a lot of for many people. Oh, but it's so, so fruity. It's that's one of the things that I love about Zin is that. Even though it has this powerful spice, it just, it has this great fruit that can come off as jammy. Um, they can be oaked or unoaked, but they are full-bodied AF. Full-bodied full body, AF. F-B-A-F. F-B-A-F. Yeah, F-A-F. full-bodied as fuck. 
F-A-F. Faf. Faf. <laughs> You've heard <laughs> it here first, guys. Hashtag. Hashtag. Faf. Faf. Um, so another quick thing about Zinfandel, these grapes tend to have high amounts of sugar, but that's because that is what produces that higher alcohol level. Zinfandel tends to have uneven ripening, and so it can delay the harvest, especially when there are some bunches that have like grapes that are just really not turning or, or not really at that level. And they test throughout the entire growing season. Right. So when you have some grapes on the same bunch that are underripe, that underripe is going to give a nasty ass taste to your wine. So they would rather over, tend to overripen almost to the point of raisining sometimes. And that's where we get the higher sugars and that's where we get the higher um, ABV. I love it. <laughs> love it. I love it. <clears throat> so a little bit Any about... Any other things? Gamba in general. Oh, yes. Well, it's a smaller, like you said, a kind of a boutique winery. They have over six generations of wine grape growing. They really have a belief that the wines are made in the vineyard, meaning like they want the grape <laughs> to shine through and the terroir. So they don't really want to interfere with it at all. There's very minimal intervention in the entire winemaking process. That's amazing. And I admittedly, I'm just going to go on record saying, when I read that statement on their website that they believe that the wine should come from the vineyard, I was Mm -hmm. like, what does that mean? And then it was like, oh yes, that means that they don't want to, they don't want to make all these changes. Like in episode 16, we talked about like throwing a bunch, like some winemakers throw a bunch of shit in their wine yeah. to change it in order to create this flavor profile that just meets their expectations, but not necessarily showing what the grapes have to offer. And so I agree. I find this a very respectable winemaking um, process. Yeah, they don't use pesticides or anything like that. So good for them. Sounds like they're really trying to, like they say, it's limited production, handcrafted wines and a tribute to the art of farming. So they're using an old world, like traditional winemaking um, process. So they have a bit of an interesting take on, I think, some of their approaches to what goes into the bottle. And so they mix old and new. Mm -hmm. Old and and new vines. Like how old? old. So their oldest vines go back to 1900. Oh my god. But Zin vines are the oldest in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Wait, uh, they are? Yeah. Mhm. So a lot of mm-hmm. um and a lot of them are in Sonoma. They do say old vine. They it's not on the label. Sometimes you'll see that on some labels like old vine. Um and but that means But there's no real definition no, to what there isn't. old vine means. So somebody might put like for a 20-year-old vine that yes. that's an old vine. Yeah. So think about it a little bit. Exactly. It's nice that they publish the date of their oldest right. vine. So I 19, think that's awesome. and that's pretty old because some people could use old vine and it's like 40 years old. It's 119 years old. Yeah. Like Unreal. This is, this is, if someone's going to put it on their label, I think they've deserved it, but they actually don't have it on their label. Um, so they, and then they mix it with some newer grapes from the Russian River Valley. It's really interesting though, because they take each of those grapes and they ferment them and age them separately and then they mix them. Oh. Yes. So they're they're usually aged in New American Oak for 12 to 16 months before they bottle it. Um, they do do ex- extended maceration. Do do. They do do. They Chandler do do. Bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why did I say that? Do do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like wow. It. I'm just so excited. Um, <laughs> I, I say it. So way. they do extended maceration. To uh, have more skin contact, which does with the what? Fruit. 
extracts the fruit character. And the um, color. And the color, yep. And that's why we have such a beautiful, oh beautiful God. dark ruby. And then they age it. Really cool. Oh, God. I just can't, like, get my nose out of the glass. You know, I have read in a few websites that it's one of the top 1% of wines in the world. Now, whether or not, I don't know where that comes from, whether or not that's true. Is that like Seattle's best coffee? Right? I don't know. (laughs) But I mean, these are objective. It's not them saying that. Right. Yeah. Their website actually, they, it doesn't seem like they boast themselves very much. Their website's very underrated. I feel like this is one of those wines where, again, it's more boutique-y and it's sort of one of those like word of mouth wines, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost grassroots- not not even like a marketing campaign, but yeah. essentially allowing the wine itself to speak to people and like have that shared through their community of wine friends. Yeah. So since so many of these old vine vineyards, uh-huh. they're, they're slowly going away. They're really trying to preserve what they have. What they have. And so that's why it's small production. So if you get your hands on this, get a few bottles. Like Sarah, don't tell everybody that. I know. How are you going to get yours? For myself. Just kidding. Uh, Sharing is caring. Just kidding. Not. Um, (laughs) It's so good. If you can find Gamba, and obviously we have pictures, but if you can find Gamba, just buy a bottle as a treat. Just do it. Just Nike. Just do it. There's no decanting that's recommended. So you can just pop this baby right open and start drinking it. Although I would say if it's, this is 2016, if you had an older one, I would probably decant it. Just because of the sediment that might, yeah. They recommend serving it at 60 to 65 degrees Fahrenheit. I think we're there. And I think this would pair wonderfully with a lot of things. I would say probably more of your um, lamb. It's like more meaty dishes. Yeah, more meaty for sure. This would go great with. I don't Um, think that you would want something that has a lot of spice already to it. Because it could easily overheat. Like when you have tannins, when you have spice, and you pair it with more spice, it is exponentially worse. (laughs) So this is one of those things where you probably want to balance it with something like, I know I've seen recipes to pair with Zinfandel that have like a blueberry or a blackberry sauce. Yeah, I can over see that. Wine. So I, I think that would pair extremely well. You know yeah. what I was thinking? What's that? So you just said that it's, it's meant to be served between 60 and 65. Yeah. I'm curious if people don't, like if they might be turned off by Zinfandels because they drink them at you know warmer temperatures warmer temps and which then doesn't like the the fruit is able to come through more cut through the spice a little bit more once you chill it a bit so i'm wondering if if you find that you are not really loving zinfandel you're sort of on the fence you kind of want to like it but you don't love it and you haven't tried chilling a bottle just try chilling it in the fridge for i don't know 10 yeah, minutes or maybe put it in your dark cold basement exactly <laughs> exactly and then, you, you know, but if you have a wine fridge, helps. you can set some of those temperatures. Yeah. Um, so I think it is a misconception that red wine does not need to be chilled. Oh, totally. It needs to have, it, it doesn't need to be chilled as much as white wine, Ooh. but it is optimally served at, you know, in the 60-ish kind of degrees. So you don't want like a 75 degree red. That's for damn sure. Do you have anything else you want to share? I don't think there's much oh, more. Oh, um... Yes. So not that we got? like we do so much with our points. This oh. one is ninety four points by Robert Parker. He does like the big bold wines. He does. This is he this does. is a true statement. So I'm not surprised. That is a great score. And I wouldn't disagree. I don't disagree. Oh god. <laughs> 
we're just really happy now, guys. Because a lot of times when we're opening wine, and, and this is, we can start getting into like our year, but a lot of times we've not tasted the wine that we're opening with you guys. Oh, more often than not. Yes. Until we're opening it with you. So you get our initial reaction. That is real and raw. Okay. So, I mean, right now we're happy because we really, really like this wine. This is excellent. And we know that already. Not that we haven't loved some of the wines that we've opened. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But this is why it's a little different than usual is we wanted to treat ourselves. So Treat yourself. Yeah. Do it. Okay, you provided the absolute perfect segue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, Sarah, yes, I was ma'am. wondering. Yes. If you had to go through the past 50 episodes that we have recorded. Five zero, baby. Granted, some of them we've actually had more than one wine. Do you have your top five wines? Okay. Or how many? How wines? many? Wines? Yeah, wines. Okay, so I just oh, want to tell everybody, it. Jamie and I have wrote down some of our favorite things, but we have not shared them with each other. These are a few favorite things. So we wanted to we wanted this to be a surprise for each other while we are live on air. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know it's interesting to see if we're going to be on the same page or not. I know, and the reasons behind them. True, true. Okay, you want some of my favorite wines? Okay, I, let's do. I, you do one. I do one. You do one. I do one. Fine. I don't have a specific order for. I any don't of either. This. Actually, do your top five, and I'll do or and I'll do my top five wines. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. I'm just gonna start with one. No, no, in no particular order. In no particular order. Utopia Rosé. I know you probably have that on your list. <laughs> I'm not disclosing anything. And that was episode 17. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kip and oh, Kim. shit! I didn't write down the episode numbers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we have the same ones, we'll know. Okay. Um, Kith and Kin. Okay. Uh, that was episode 18. That was if, a cab, right? Uh, yep. And if you guys, from Napa, if you guys haven't had Kith and Kin by Round Pond, definitely try and find it. Again, small production. Aren't we going there this weekend? Yes. Yeah, so for our podcast anniversary, we are actually going to the motherland, to Napa. What? We talked about this in our last episode, but we are going to We're going to, to our, our utopia. We're going to our <laughs> utopia. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited to go there. Uh huh. So we'll, we will report back. Sorry, I just totally oh, interrupted fine. you. But okay, so Utopia, Kith and Kin. A Tribute to Grace, oh, Grenache. Mm-hmm. That shit was really good. Mm-hmm. And Saldo. Episode two. Episode two. Yeah, A Tribute to Grace. Um, I don't remember what episode that was. And then I'm going to save my last one. You're going to save gonna, your I'm, last one? I'm going to save it because I, I don't want to give away all my cards. Damn. Oh, Okay. Um, I'm just looking up Grace really quick. Yeah. Oh, episode 21. All right. Episode 21. Okay. All right. The heat is on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Favorite one. You saved mm-hmm. one. This is going to be surprising. Okay. Well, not, not not this one. Again, yeah. in no particular order. Right. Go. Utopia. Duh. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Blank stare. Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. I struggled with that. That almost that almost came on my list. Yeah. I know that you don't really like Sauvignon Blanc. I typically, I'm like a, a hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I thought that was stellar. And that was our WTF episode at the end of 2018. It was a really good one. Yeah. Kung Fu Girl Riesling. Okay. I am surprised. It is good. I but I am surprised that made your top five. Well, I'll, I'll explain more later. But Kung Fu Girl Riesling is a dry Riesling from Washington. Just, it was episode eight. Uh-huh. I went with Stringer Cellars Syrah. That, that's my number five. Damn! 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, number five in no particular order. Okay. Yeah, in no particular order. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last one that I had was Meeker's, uh, Winemaker's Handprint Merlot. Okay. Because I, re- I really do like that wine. Um, it's, it's great. You have Stringer Cellar Syrah too. Oh, God. It's just so, so good. good. <laughs> All right. So we're, okay. we're on the same page. Yeah. I, I mean, like we had different ones, but we like, you For know, different reasons. For different I loved reasons. all of the ones. I also almost put tribute to Grace. Because it's something that I wouldn't have normally drank. Like, Grenache wasn't something that I really Yeah, so I think that one for me, part of why it made my top five is because it was surprising. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. Yeah. To see her whole portfolio of all the different wines she has, and I've yet to try them all. I mean, it looked great. Like, And we did give that book. I think we gave most of these a four. I, I oh, liked yeah. that it had like cherry, Pinot-type flavor, but it was like deeper. It, I was just going to say, the Grenache was not... Like, sometimes you can have a really light-bodied Grenache, but this was definitely... No, it wasn't. It was a medium-bodied. Medium. And yeah, I remember it being absolutely wonderful and something that was just... It drank gracefully. That's like one of the best ways to describe it. It did so drink gracefully. It was very appropriate. Kith and Ken was also a su- surprise. Yeah. I, you know, it was recommend. I remember, like, we found it for the episode, but I remember talking to somebody and them saying, you know, it or someone at a, the wine store and them really recommending it. And I'm uh-huh. like, really? Okay. You know, because a lot of their other wines are more expensive. This oh, is yeah. kind of their entry one. That's what I was going to say. I mean, this was something that was like, all right, if we're going to try one of their wines, like, might as well yeah. be this one. But I mean, really well done cab. And well worth the price. Well, I remember that we were shocked that it was 32, maybe. Yeah. I mean, and it is done very well. Well balanced. You got the, you got the dark fruits going. It's like not overpowering. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it was really tough to pick. It was hard, right? Top five. Yeah. I know. Oh, I just loved it. But I will say, and it's funny because I, as I was going through here, I also was like, do you think that maybe, and you mentioned this before, do you think that maybe we were a little, you know, slightly hesitant about what our ratings, our cork ratings mm-hmm. were going to be for some wines because we were still so young and so new? But it's amazing because I think that some of our wines that we chose are still our favorites from over 50 episodes, yeah. the earliest ones that we've done. Yeah, so that's 50 wines we've tried with you guys. Well, I think 52. Because <clears throat> oh, I think true. we had two Beaujolais and two... Oh, and for Slovenian, we had Dame. several wines. And Stringer. Yep. Oh, so shit. So we've had more than that. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers. peeps. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Utopia, that was the one I think that would both... I mean... Since we're both not huge rosé fans, that one is like, uh, I need to order some because it is just delicious. I think that we finished the bottle before we finished the episode recording. We did. did. And I think that we had had another bottle, or you had had another bottle open when we recorded. And so we're just like, okay, we'll just pour this other bottle. I mean, it is so good. It went down like lemonade. I mean, it didn't taste like lemonade, but it went down like as quickly as... Yeah. And I think the reason we like it is because it's a heavier rosé mm-hmm. and it's got kind of this like creamy mouthfeel that rosé normally doesn't have. Sarah, mm-hmm. I think I'm convinced that this is our number one. It might be. I, Which is hilarious I think, if it is because it's rosé. 
I know, but I'm pretty certain that based on how we describe it, and just and it's not Pinot even, Noir Rosé. Yeah, but not even like just today us talking about oh, it. Oh yeah, we always talk about we it. We always talk about it. <laughs> it comes up in so many conversations, whether we're DBPing or not. Like we're like, oh, that's like, Utopia. Like, oh shit, we need to get more something that Utopia. Oh, you know what's a good wine? Like if we're talking to friends, Utopia. Utopia. <laughs> They're like, what so, is that? And the only reason we know about that is because I you went. randomly visited there and it was the last winery I visited when I was in the Willamette Valley and I was probably a little toasted. And <laughs> so it was a hit or miss when you brought it back. I'm telling you, but I remember being in there and being like, oh my God, I need to get this for Jamie <laughs> because... She's going to love this, and Lord knows that we both are not huge Rosé fans, but this is amazing. And again, like you said, could have been hit or miss, but we came back with that puppy, and it was we delish. Did it. it was like just like I remembered it. So I'm really glad that that confirms that my drunk tastes, they're not, not They're very accurate with your, your own preferences. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so we'll give that a double star, but the rest of them go in our top fives. Yep. That's, that's the number one, I think. Okay. Okay. Episodes. Okay, I went first for wines. So you got to go first for episodes. Okay, but here's the question. Uh-huh. Should we both dive? Did you actually rank these one through five? I did not. Oh, damn it. Did you? I okay. can. If you go first, I can rank them in my head. Yeah? Yeah, could do it. Okay. I'm going to go five to one. We'll finish with our top our top. Okay, ones. how about we each go? You yeah. Go f- okay, yeah. do it. Go. Okay, so my uh-huh. number five is uh-huh. episode 49. Recent kaleidoscope of ethics. Oh yeah. Well, yes, that makes sense because of the twin thing. Yeah, it is such a fascinating topic, and you know, as I mentioned in the episode, it's very near and dear to my heart. I just fucking loved it. I hate what happened, <laughs> but I do. I love. I loved everything about it, and that was like super fun research. Okay, you. You're yeah. gonna find this surprising. Okay. Um, episode thirty-six. The tidying up episode. I don't find that surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Tidying up. I I don't. I I don't. Memento. Not so much the wine, but the... Not so much. The wine wasn't bad. The wine wasn't bad. Sarah, I didn't tell you. I just checked her book out from the library. Did you really? Yes. On Thursday. Yeah. just checked it out. So I'm going to read Marie Kondo. I got really excited about (laughs) organizing... Have you have you maintained your organization? So I will say that I did Marie Kondo the shit out of one of my drawers. We also did it in your ta- fridge too. Yeah. Well, I was talking about how I had never tried the folding method that she did, and I did do it <coughs> for my one t-shirt drawer, and it worked. See, I tried, and then I didn't stick with it. Okay. So it was so funny. So I did this, right? And my husband comes home, and I'm like, please look at my drawer. And he's like, oh my God, you're such a nerd, right? <laughs> like, he's just like, this is really what you want to show me right now. And I was like, how cool is this? And then I was like, do you want me to do it for yours? And he was like, it's no. really satisfying. Yes. He was like, don't touch my drawers. Don't so touch like, my shit. I mean, I can, for, if you want me to, I will. And he's just like, okay, you need like, to calm it's cool. down. You're fine. Yeah. So that is... No, that does not surprise me. My number four. Okay. Episode 21, The Sibling Effect. I did really like that one. It was, again... Did make my top five. I'm on my theme. Again, I do... I, that was really... Not that I don't love all of the research for all the episodes, but that's really... It, I've, it's These personalities are very interesting. 
And I've always been intrigued by the psychology behind birth order. I mean, there's more, it's nature versus nurture, right? So there's like some that's, I think, related to birth order, but, you know, parenting and Mm -hmm. where you live and what the requirements are, what the, sorry, responsibilities are that you'll have. Obviously impact who you are and who you become. But super fun. I loved it. And it's one of our most listened to episodes. Oh, that is, that is true. Mm-hmm. You guys love that episode, The Sibling Effect. And we love you. What's your number four? Episode five, Keep It Confidential. <laughs> that was a good wine. That was a really good wine. Um, that was uh, Confidential, Portuguese wine. Um, I don't know. All of that is so like crazy to me. The fact that like all these... People and things and technology might be listening to us. Um, no, no. Not might be, Sarah. Are. Definitely. Yes. Definitely is our listening. So I just enjoyed that whole topic. Oh, it's great. Because I feel like it's something I'm constantly thinking about. I know. Okay. Episode tw- 23 is my number three. It was It's A to Z, Anxiety to Gen Z. Oh, okay. Loved it. Loved that it. Was, that was a good wine, too. That it, was a good wine. Oh, the, the A to Z yeah. uh, wine works. Yeah. It was a really fun topic. I'm sure that many people, it maybe struck a chord with some people um, because, you know, again. It was a controversial one. It is a bit controversial. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know what we're doing to our society, but we got we got a little angry. We did. <laughs> it was fun. We did. All right. What about you? Oh, my God. I think we should do this every year. So, I had top six. You had top six? I know. What's wrong with me? That's okay. I couldn't uh, You know what? Would You could tie one. I, this is not the one I'm going to tie. This is episode three, Millennial Gap. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gen Z. Yeah. I mean. I really like talking about that. And I love talking about Beaujolais um, and Georges de <laughs> I mean, in his amusement park and all that. But like more so like the differences between the, the generations and it's just such a... That was an excellent analogy, I think. Yeah. With the wine, Beaujolais, Beaujolais Nouveau to millennial, or millennial to gen, zennial? Yeah. Yeah. Zennial to millennial, excuse yeah. me. Also, I think that for us starting out episode three, I feel like that's when we kind of got our groove on mm. mm-hmm. was that episode. And so that's yeah, another you're right. why, reason why that one's my favorite. Yeah. Damn, I didn't put that in my top. You're right. No. Well, episode three could have been tied with my episode 23 Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. are related. Mm -hmm. Or my number two. I could have tied this as well. Okay. So I put episode seven, Mm -hmm. Reckless Love with Chip Forsyth. Yeah. I could easily, I originally, oh wait, I do actually have it tied. (laughs) There you go. Um, Episode nine, Stringer Sellers. Okay. So that is my two, is those tied. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to throw in Slovenia. Oh in there. my God, yeah. I feel like any time that we interviewed people, it was so much fun, such a great time. You know, going to Stringer Sellers on site was awesome. Talking to Chip Forsyth of Reckless Love was absolutely hilarious. That was one of the most impromptu things that we did. I mean, we we do research beforehand, but like, yeah. Sarah was just like, let's just try calling him. So if you guys haven't listened to episode seven, do it. If, if you take anything out of this, it is listen to episode seven because it is so funny and it really was totally impromptu. <laughs> we just randomly called him right before we recorded. No, I mean we had we had really no questions. No, prepared. nothing planned. 
And it, it went so well, and yeah. he is hilarious. Yeah. It was a very organic it, uh, it interview. It really was. And it was say. just a blast. Um, and Slovenian was a lot of fun because we well, went... we didn't record with Jess and Neil, but they are amazing. I think you were right, and I easily could have put that, and this is going to be something that I talk about later in our episode, but... It really just kind of opened our eyes into some of the in, like the industry facets, I think. Yeah. And that was one of the things that I agree. Those three episodes together just really, I think, solidified some relationships in the industry for us, but brought us much closer to learning more about wine. Because, mm-hmm. God, we could drink this shit all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think that that actually sparked us to actually want to learn more and more and more. Agreed. So... Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And I think all of them, Reckless Love, Stringer, and Slovenian are all like small producing, yeah. you know, wines. And so like it is, it was fun to learn about them to something that's not well known. Yeah. So. Okay. You would put those as your number twos? Yeah. Those were, I mean, I was really struggling with it. I, it was the experience for all of them, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nope. I and agree. Like I said... The episode seven was just, it's, I still laugh. My ass Thinking about it? to that one. Yeah. We didn't share everything. No, we didn't. In the published episode. We may decide <laughs> to I'm share the, the, sure uh, the, that we would. <laughs> but there is some, there was some funny shit going on. That oh, was a fun day. That was a really fun night. Okay. Um, number one. All right, go for it, girl. Oh my God. Go, go, go. And this is for this me. This is going to surprise you. Really? Because this is for me more of the experience. Okay, now that we have the same one. Okay. <laughs> Episode 8, Kung Fu Girl? No. <laughs> I almost put that in my top five. It wasn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? Episode 32, Sam. Oh, that was... Okay, yes. It's not... Okay, it is. it is not my favorite episode in the sense that, like... The episode itself, it was my favorite in the, the, experience. Sense, the experience of going mm-hmm. to the premiere and listening to the interviews and watching it and like watching it was a fucking it. premiere of the and film. like and like drinking the wine and just being in that whole experience yeah. was more why it's my number one, not the actual episode itself. But I think that that was like so much fun that we did that for the episode mm-hmm. and that's why it is. Now, Kung Fu Girl almost made my top five. Well, it's my number one because not only was I blown away. I mean, you guys have heard this if you've listened to many of our podcasts, especially the white wine ones. I do not tend to drink a lot of white wine, let alone Riesling. My God. I was so... I'd never had Kung Fu Girl Riesling. And then I had it and my mind was fucking blown. And I was like, this is a $12 Riesling. Like, are we serious? It It is so good for... Such a cheap price. Yes. Because not, you, yeah, go ahead. Usually, like, actually, I should take that back. A lot of good Riesling is not that expensive. Yeah, but it's more, and I'd say that it's if, a little more leery when you purchase it from some of these European countries, just because people don't know what to expect from there. The also differences between this and, like, the normal Rieslings that are usually good from, like, Germany is that this is really mainstream. And so you look at it and you see it and you see it a lot of places and you're like, is it really going to be good? I mean, I've seen it at CVS. Like, is it really going to be good? But it actually is. It actually is. Now, I don't know about what's coming out because I know that Charles Smith um, 
sold off that line, sold right? Sold that line. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how they're going to do it. But I mean, I ranked that not alone was the wine good to me and just altogether, you know, this wonderful surprise, but the episode itself, I thought was, I thought was an extremely important concept for us, you know, self-defense, um, taking that class was also was so much, much like some was like really fun and just actually is empowering and just made me a made me feel better about some of the things that I already do but B yeah. made me more aware of things that I should be doing and I just I just thought it was really it was wonderful and that's my top you gotta gouge people's eyes out <laughs> you, that's you what gotta I learned. fucking go for the eyes also I <laughs> So, do you remember when they had us claw the dummy? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. true, guys. It's true. Also, since that's happened, and not to put a damper on this. Oh, damn. There's been attacks close to us in proximity, and we talked about this on, oh, the... on our healthcare episode, yeah, mm-hmm. um, where there was a nurse that was attacked and killed, unfortunately. But even more reason why you need to have... Like some sort of plan or tools or something that and could potentially also you. to be not to say I aware, don't, aware right be aware of your surroundings but it's also we don't know everything that happened I mean I'm I'm sure that since that episode came out there's been more because that was episode forty um, there have been many more things published about the what actually transpired but oh my god it's very disturbing but. It's be have that spidey sense. If if something feels not right, yeah. trust your instinct because it's better to trust your instinct instinct and then be called crazy later, versus winding up in a nasty ass situation. So, yeah, I actually thought I didn't want to pair those two episodes because by all means that topic of episode forty wasn't yeah. my favorite, but I thought that they were very fitting together. No, right, and it, yeah, we should yeah. take another class. We should. I'm totally down. <gasps> I want to kung fu the shit out of some dummy. Well, after I heal up and do my PT. But That's true. Yeah, no, no. We should, um, we definitely have to do that. Oh, that'd be so fun. Okay. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite things about DBPing. DBPing. I mean, not only just spending time with you and drinking great, great wines and talking about really fun Most things. Most of the time, great. Most of the time, great. I just really enjoy. You we mentioned this before, like the relationships that we've built. I mean, we've kept up a relationship with Casey Stringer, and you know, follow him, go to his events, like touch base with him. I got a pre-release bottle of wine ah, from him. Look at you, the Slovenian guys, uh, Jess and Neil. Like she and him are just wonderful. Uh, so I might go to Slovenia. <gasps> when in the fall? I'm potentially in the fall. It's going to be so nice. I know. Adam and I try and do a Europe trip every year or two. And that would be lovely. We, I mentioned Slovenia and he was in. So I was like, all right, let's do this. Would you go back to Croatia too? Because it's right there? Probably not. Okay. Um, if anything, we uh, it's borders Austria too and Italy. Mm. So mm-hmm. I mean, potentially, but we'll see. I mean, I'm all about checking the Slovenia out. So if that happens, you know I'm going to come back and report guys. On how you that know. was. Yeah. And Neil I'll interview you. And Jess have already told me that they will give me tons of tips. Oh, so that's like you awesome. said, relationships. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going for sure, but it's 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 in the works. It's in the works. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I just think that it's been really wonderful. And again, we get a new perspective or a greater perspective, I think, 
with wines. We've also, I think, and this is something that our listeners won't know, but behind the scenes, we have a lot of connections in the Milwaukee area now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've been able to have a lot of wine experiences and tastings and things that we would have done anyways, but this has just opened up doors to take to like introducing us to more wines and oh yeah, because I think that what you know it's like when we go in and they I, I remember walking into actually Ray's and saying I need you know he very much knows that we have a podcast yeah. and it it's nice to be able to talk to him and that he knows that we're not just like some novice basically walking in and being like I'm just looking for a wine. And then he's got to go with like, okay, what do I have to guess that this person likes? Right. Like he knows sort of our, what we do and has great recommendations. But yep. I think that they also, I, I also feel like we get more in-depth knowledge because we talk to them like pre, mm-hmm. post, extra, during, and yeah. they, you know, they know why we ask certain questions. It's so. They give us some tips. You're right totally, now. you're totally on, on point. Yeah. So what are some of those tips? Like what would you say are like your top I don't want to give a top number, but like spell out some of your favorite tips for wine, for of our wine? DD peeps. Yeah. Um, be open to trying new things. Mm-hmm. For sure. You might not like white wine, but you know what? <laughs> You're staring, you stared at me when you said that. I'm, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might not like white wine, but you know what? Go to a white wine tasting. Go out of your comfort zone. So like I love Zen for sure, but I have... <laughs> Definitely got out of my comfort zone with a lot of this and have really enjoyed some yeah. wine. You know, I really like Pinot. Noir. Noir from Oregon now. Specifically. Specifically. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's just so good. So uh, do you, have you, okay. I mean, one thing about, I really like that recommendation, especially about the tastings and t- kind of like opening it up. Yeah, don't don't always go to a tasting because stuff that you already know that you like. Exactly. Like try and go to a tasting or something that you don't aren't familiar with or you you're not sure if you like. I think we went to that Riesling tasting and I think we liked about half the wines there. Um didn't we have like nine? That yeah, we weren't into the sweet ones that conf- and you know what? If you don't, if you think you're not gonna like it, going to something will confirm it. So like, for example, we went to the Riesling tasting and it confirmed that I don't like sweet wine. Like I was, she was all like, oh, oh try this sweet wine, sweet Riesling. And I'm like, I, I'm trying it and I dislike it. So, I mean, it was, it, it was cool. But that being said, you know, if you watch a lot of sommelier things, they talk about how much they love Riesling. And, and they're like, what t- are they talking, what? what are they talking about? And they're talking about the drier Rieslings. And I get I don't it. know. No, I think that some are actually talking about the sweeter ones too, because if they're being hit in the face with like these big, bold cab stuff, you're on. You're going to the opposite spectrum. Mm, I don't know. I think they're. Tr- I think they're talking about the drier stuff, but. I, I also think that that I mean, it's just a varietal that just has so much. There's so much going so on. So much there. variability, yeah. and it's amazing. But I, I think since starting all this, I. Do if I am gonna have a white wine and it's a dry Riesling, I do tend to gravitate towards that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I own like six Rieslings mm-hmm. right now, which is unheard of. 
a year ago before GVP, I owned zero. Oh, let's talk about, okay, you go, you go. And then I have something. Oh, wait, one quick thing. One other thing that I just want to mention about that, because I think that's such great advice. A lot of these tastings come up to be like 20 to $30 or something. Think about it. You can taste like six to eight or even if it's four wines. For so cheap. For so cheap. Then you don't have to buy a, a bottle and like pour the rest down the drain if you don't like it. Yeah. Or pawn it off on somebody. Yeah. Who doesn't know the difference, like my husband. Mm -hmm. But that's why I find it so, you know, it's like everything is like a hit or miss. You never quite know what you're going to expect. But at the same time, it's such a great way to expand your palate and just try new things. Because I have also learned you just really never know what is going to surprise you. Exactly. So one one of my things is that, and I just said it, it's okay to toss a wine. Yeah. If it is really bad... Don't force yourself to drink bad wine. You're going to not have... Like, I think that wine really adds to experiences. Exactly. And so it should not be... It should not be the bad thing about what you're doing because a lot of people, especially when they when they taste wine, they think of something like a smell that they pick mm-hmm. up, like resonates, and it's just a memory, but... They have right. a positive or a negative association. You don't want to have a negative association with something that you're experiencing on account of the wine. So if it's bad wine, toss it. Find something new. Well, also, it's just not worth it. No. It's not worth the calories. It's not worth... <laughs> True. It's not It's not worth, like... Like, if, if I'm going to drink wine, if I'm going to drink alcohol, like, I need it to be like this. This is so enjoyable right now, mm-hmm. right? Like, it needs to be an enjoyable experience. I don't want to just be drinking it and being like, oh my God, this sucks. Yeah. So, it's not common that we actually feel like a wine is bad enough to toss it. No. But, not going to mention names, but it's happened a few times in the past year. And again, that's not to say that some people don't like those wines. We just don't. We don't find that they are worthwhile. Look at our cork ratings. I'm super quiet right now. You are really quiet. <laughs> you could hear a pin drop. I'm just like, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so it's funny because one of the really common, mis- well, is people are like, oh, don't go by the label. But that's like what we do. That's like our thing. Yeah, I mean, right. I think sometimes we're pairing, it could be based on theory too, some of the wines. That's not fair. Not just label. But, but I think uh, the majority of our wines go off of what they're called, what their names their or what's name on the or, label. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And so I actually think that we've been pretty successful. So I don't it's think, I time. actually say that that's, you know, it's not really a rule to live by. No. But it, you know, obviously take people's recommendations over just what looks pretty. Because there are some pretty ass labels out there that are not worthy yep. of time. Yeah. What Do you have any other tips? As a wine drinker and as you evolve. Yeah. I feel like... The way you drink wine is also becomes different. So like we drink wine together, you know, and we enjoy it and it's wonderful. But I think as you become more appreciative of like the different things of wine, like I take more time to maybe decant wine. I take more time to, not all the time, but sometimes. (laughs) I take more time to like really choose a bottle that I feel like I'm really going to enjoy and not just like open it to open it and whatever. I I put a lot more thought, I feel like, into choosing what I'm going to drink and why and when. Which before it was like, okay, you've I used to have like maybe 10 bottles at home and I would just randomly open one 
Wow. Whatever. Ten bottles. Okay, I know. It's, it's expanded. <laughs> Jamie was just in my wine cellar. I'm just are. thinking about like the fact that I just told you that I brought like three cases of wine to my parents' house. And ten bottles doesn't okay, feel like and case. so and so to, to for ki- storage for future for cellaring if you will and to kick off that I think furthering another lesson okay to save it to cellar yeah. it to save it for the future to age it like you don't have to buy wine and drink it right away like oh that's right we we also heard that at some yes like you don't buy what like we are such mm-hmm. an instant gratification society that. You're That's right. what we do. We we buy it to drink it right away. But like I am really trying to have a collection in which it is stuff that I can save and age and like and I'm trying to label things in a way yep. that I know where I got it from. Yeah. Um, I was just commenting on that. Yeah, like I got this from a wine tasting. I should drink this in this year, you know. This and listen, range of like, years, like but- storing wine and saving it for things and tracking things like that, like there are a bunch of apps that can help you do that. So don't think that you need some super refined system. But at the same time, it also takes some some resources, you know, monetary space, etc. So that's it's not necessarily for everybody. But I think you're right on point because I think that, you know, even in what we've learned, because some we've drank some wines that are really brand new, like yeah. bottled just the year before. We've drank some wines that are much older. And so it just, one of the things that I have been most intrigued with this year, I've started thinking about much more. Like you said, you give more thought about what you're drinking and and what you're doing with your wine and what you're collecting. And I actually, for for the very first time ever, bought an entire case of one vintage of a wine. What was that? Uh, It's a 20, it's a 2015 um, Cabernet from Castella di Amorosa, which you can only get like through them. They Mm -hmm. don't distribute. And it's from their Diamond Mountain. And it's, I'm a wine club member there. I've mentioned that before too. It was supposed to be really, really good wine. I did open it to celebrate my WSET level two. That was where I was going. Celebration. With another thing about what's happened this year. But yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, but so I, oh, I popped that open actually with my parents. Um, and it, it's excellent. But I want to see how wine ages. Mm-hmm. I've never before, ever, I've never, ever bought multiples of wines with the intent of just kind of Sitting seeing what it. happens over so the course. So what we're drinking right now, I do have a few bottles in my cellar that I plan to keep, including a 2012. Hang on to that shit. Yeah. So Ooh, I mean, let's see if you can keep it until it's 10 years old. I probably will be able to. Okay. I have, I have, I guess I'll say that I have become a lot more restrained when it comes to opening certain bottles, I have kept a lot of things. It's because you give more thought to it. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. there is also, so there's also that whole, I know we touched about this before too, but the whole drink that wine night in February, because people hang on to these bottles sometimes yeah. for decades and they're just like, I'm saving it for a special occasion. I'm saving it for a special occasion. And yet every time something happens in life, they feel you never quite feel like it's that's the right occasion, but fucking drink that bottle. It is, no. you know what? It doesn't matter if you celebrate small things or big things. A celebration is a celebration, and you should be drinking good wine for whatever it it's is. It's a celebration, bitches. It's a that's celebration. why we're drinking this. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I 
I don't, I think you should save things, but I think you should save them with the intent to drink them. Yeah. Don't just save them to save them. And then, you know, and then you die and all your wine is just sitting there. That's so sad. I think I'm going to, okay. That was just going to get really morbid. I was going to say, I think I'm going to will my wine to you. (laughs) What if I die first? Adam's going to drink your wine. (laughs) (laughs) He'll probably, I mean, he's six years older. We don't know what's going to He's going to drink your, he's going to drink all your French wines. And then the rest, he's going to be like, Jamie, take it. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, no, he's totally going for the French. (laughs) I'm going to have to have like, we're both going to have to have like daughters or maybe sons. I don't know. That like, like damn it, you're really gonna appreciate enjoy this wine shit, and that we can pass it down to and be like, at least one of our kids. Yeah, like if not both of our kids, like maybe one of our kids needs to at least. <laughs> I think my, I, my I think my nieces might be following my. There you go. Like, they understand the concept of wine. Yeah. <laughs> TBD if they appreciate. We'll TBD see. if they appreciate. TBD. One okay. of them already marked their, a bottle for them. I was like, we have a many years. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. This has been such a fun experience this past year. We've learned an obscene amount. Yes. And it's awesome to be able to spend time with a best friend and drink wine and just have a good ass time. Like a second that shit. To have an excuse for that. (laughs) We were doing that before. That's what led to all this anyways. That's exactly right. That's our yes. that's our Phoenix Rising. Yep. It's what led to all this anyways. But it is awesome to have an excuse. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I am podcasting tonight. Can't do that. Like, mm. And I feel like everyone has kind of developed a respect for that. We need to podcast. A 100%. And I think that's awesome because it's basically like I'm just drinking with my friend. Like that's what's happening. And I will say that I think that this has helped me stay on top of some more current events. Yes. And current, you know, articles and things like that that I should have probably been aware of before. But I just never really paid attention to. So I'm appreciative not only for what you said but also because like I got my head in the game a little bit more. Yeah. And I I also think that like it gives us – not that we need a reason to do this, but it gives us more of a reason to branch out into into different wine areas. Mm-hmm. Do you... So one of my things, like my whole learning, um, I guess the way that I learned best, it, it's repetition. I mean, many people are like that. Repetition, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that like we might learn something at an event or we might learn something about a specific wine and think something or read something, but the fact right. that we then have to... We then like write notes up and then we, you know, share it with each other and talk about it. And then we share it with you guys, our DB peeps. Like it's, it really just reinforces everything that we're learning. And I think makes us more, more thoughtful wine drinkers. As yes, you said before. Exactly. And Miss Jamie here is a, now a certified wine educator. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm WSET level two in wines is. and spirits. Although I don't drink spirits, but whatever. But you know about them. I know about them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And sometimes you do once in a while. Once in a while, yeah. Once in a while. I like I like a good, well-done cocktail or a martini. Do you remember we got a comment after our Canadian wine episode, our Canada Climates and Crew, somebody reached out to us and said that we need to try yes. the Canadian... Ice wine martini. Yes. So, I do remember that. Kate, and we do shout to out to that. you. Yeah. We're going to somehow make it work at some point, but shout out to you because that's a martini that I would be willing to try 
So thanks. <laughs> then Jamie will be okay drinking hard liquor. Drinking if martinis. If it's in there, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there's I don't drink those often. Usually I'm on the wine train, but once in a while. It it's good to my refresh fancy. the palate. It strikes my fancy, yeah. There is a place here in town that makes them very well. So, anyways, that's not why we're here. We're not talking about martinis. We're talking about wine, wine. We're talking about wine. So, Zin, this gamba. It's delicious, right? Sarah, (laughs) this could be be our first buy. Could be. Yeah, we've been pretty uh, stingy with the wine ratings. We are reluctant to give a five because we know that's like the unicorn. It is the unicorn. I'm getting ideas. So what are you getting off this? Oh, I'm getting some tannins now. And I feel like Uh my lips and my teeth are super purple. But it's not, it's not drying. It's not. Oh no, it's not like a, like you're like, I'm drying your mouth or whatever. Yeah. On the nose, I said before plum, I feel like I'm getting some, you know, maybe macerated uh, blueberries. Yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. I was originally going to say that. more blackberries, but I think it's it's mostly blueberries. Um, there is a little raspberry in there. I agree too. Like no, no, I agree too because I was going to say that before, uh, much earlier at the beginning of the okay. episode, and then I was like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a little bit. But you're right. You're 100 percent right. There's just like a hint of raspberry, just not like in a tart way, but no, there's just it's not this tart. extra pinky fruit flavor. Yeah. Just there. But it has amazing spice that just kind of brings yep. everything else out and also just kind of brings it together. Yeah. It's really good. It's it's full bodied. There are like baking spices. You don't taste the oak and I really like that. Oh yeah. Like it, it's you know it's aged in oak and I know what the oak brought to this, but I don't taste the wood. Like at the end, right, you don't taste the wood. At the end I feel like I get well, I definitely get like black pepper mm-hmm. in the wine, in the bulk of it. Maybe, it, but at the end, a li- hint of cinnamon. Yeah. Oh, hint yeah. Actually, it's funny because one of the descriptions I was reading says uh, like cinnamon toast at the end. Oh, so mm-hmm. you are totally on point. Yep, you're totally. On I point. didn't even read that. Yes, I know you didn't. Even like a tad of cedar, maybe. I feel like I could get that. Like not in a bad way though. Like we've had cedar on other wines before, yeah. but yeah, you're right. I think you're right, and it could be some of that like slightly fruity. I don't want. Uh, I was just gonna say slightly floral because you know cedar has a very distinctive smell. Yeah, and if you have like a cedar plank salmon or something like exactly. that, it has a very specific flavor. And I think it doesn't taste salmony. No. Guys, don't no, don't no, no, no. please don't mishear me. But I I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we talked about chocolate and wine pairings mm-hmm. in the past episode. This actually, I think, would do well with some good ass dark chocolate, but that's just me. Well, I think when I did when I did the pairing, it was Zen with it had like a raspberry. Yes, I could see that the raspberry, the raspberry one? chocolate mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And it was a darker yeah. chocolate, but it wasn't like super dark. I love this wine. I love that we've hit a year. In DBP history. I know. So much fun. And that we're celebrating. I can't even believe it's been a year. I can't It either. has flown by. Totally. And that we're celebrating by going to Napa. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. We're going to, Sarah mentioned last week, but we're going to be posting live Instagram stuff. We're going to be uh, posting a lot of pictures. We're going to try to get into, you know, get some more details from some people out there. 
and just kind of filling you guys in on all of our progress and just what we've done. We're going to have a blast. We're also, we're also going to try to record an episode while we're out there, I think. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. We'll see where we are <laughs> in our state of mind. But we're going to have a blast. We want to bring you with us. Um, and we just can't wait. So I am so excited. Sarah, thank you for all of this. It's been a journey. Oh, yeah. Thank you, too. And DB like, Peeps. What, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? You're you. And we're friends. And yeah. Cheers. Cheers. All right, bitches. Till next time. And thank you, our loyal listeners. We'll yeah. see you for many future cheersings to come. Hey, for our anniversary, you can spread the word. That can be your gift. Do it. Why don't... Here's a thought. Why don't you tag your drinking buddy? Mm-hmm. Share the episode with them and tag your drinking buddy. There you go. We'll play a couple games. Yeah, for sure. We'll play sure. a couple games. Yeah, and if you have a chance to review us um, on whatever listening platform, whether it be iTunes or um, Google or whatever you listen to us to, please Mm -hmm. do. We would love the review. Yeah. All right. Until next time, guys. Peace. Pass the wine. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers, cheers from, from the, the girls, girls of DBP. DBP.